Hey there, Larry here, Acts 29 today, thank you for joining me, and we will uh, spend the next few minutes together, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in to this episode as we continue on um, with my testimony, so we will... Uh, go on from where we left off last week, which was uh, when my dad actually came to the Lord. So, uh, that was a uh, was a shock, of course, in in my life. I was still, uh, I was still in the Navy, <clears throat> and down in San Diego. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got this kind of cold thing going on here for a while. <clears throat> so I was still down in San Diego, and I, I'm not sure how I first heard about it. I don't know if it was in a letter or or something because I didn't communicate much with my family in those days. Or maybe I had taken a trip up there to sell some drugs or something. But anyway, I found out that that he'd gotten saved. And uh, I was like, it's unbelievable. How could this be? This guy had held out for so long. You know, he was, I think he was 50, around 52. And it doesn't happen too often, you know, where people really come to the Lord after, you know, they're young people. So I was still down in San Diego, you know, at Miramar Naval Air Station. And... I didn't have too much longer to go, but I had made some friends that were, uh, you know, people that were doing drugs and the party scene and all that. But there was a couple guys that I really started hanging out with a lot. <clears throat> and they... Uh, they wanted to uh they wanted to do some some business in the drugs as in selling drugs and so we uh we kind of formed a three ring circus is what it was but uh it was kind of a three a three ringed uh the three amigos and we uh, formed a little pack together that we would uh, do, do the drug business. And so we, we just began by, you know, buying, buying some, some weed and reselling it and 
just working our way up a little bit to find cheaper and cheaper sources of the weed and reselling it. And, and uh, then we got into Orange Sunshine was very popular then. That was a, an acid because a lot of people were dropping acid in those days. So Orange Sunshine was like a big, one of the most popular kinds of acids. So we started selling Orange Sunshine and whatnot. And we sold other stuff too, you know, just hash and, you know, just the basics. And once in a while, <clears throat> you know, I would, because uh, I had friends in Vancouver, Washington, which is right across from Portland, Oregon. So I'd fly up to Portland, take some orange sunshine, mostly. I, I didn't like taking weed that way, but the... Uh, the pills were a lot easier to transport and, you know, put in vitamin bottles and stuff like that. So a lot less chance of getting caught. So every now and then I'd, I'd make a run up there and uh, sell some stuff to my friends up there who started buying from us regularly. And then I'd visit my brother and he might have been the one that actually told me about my dad, but... I did, you know, I would go out to the house and say hi to my parents for a few minutes before I left. So that was, that was kind of my life uh, in those days. And, you know, I'd hang out with my brother and we'd, he didn't do drugs, but, you know, we'd, we'd drink some and carry on a little bit. <clears throat> and so during this whole time, of course, you know, my mom is is still thanking God every day that that her whole family is saved because she believes she received us into the kingdom back when she prayed that last prayer. And now she was standing in faith until she saw the outcome of her faith, which was the salvation of her family. And my dad had already come into the kingdom. So, you know, that was, a, that was a great encouragement for her. But at the same time, you know, there, there were a lot of the naysayers around. And, you know, my brother would tell her, you know, oh, I, you know, I saw, spent some time with Larry and, you know, he doesn't, uh, <clears throat> he doesn't look too good and, you know, he's not doing well and blah, blah, blah. You know, and my mother would just smile and say, oh, he's, he's fine. He's wonderful. You know, he's in the kingdom of God. No worries. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was it for her. But she still had to face the criticism and the doubts and the fears that, come against you when you make a stand like this for something, you know, this big in your life. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I spoke to a lot of mothers and, and, and different churches and places. And, uh, and I knew that, you know, these mothers or fathers were going to you know, jump on this and say, wow, this is incredible. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this, you know, 
<coughs> but it's not something you try. It's something you do. And you never stop until that manifestation shows up of your faith and it becomes visible in this world. And you can't go into that without a foundation of the Word and revelation of the Word. And, you know, once again, praying in the Spirit is such a dynamic tool for us that God gave us. <clears throat> and we, as believers, most believers have literally no clue to what praying in the Spirit is, does, and, or, or anything about it. And, uh, in fact, a large portion of the body of Christ is not even baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, that's that's a key foundation stone in our spiritual life is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's It's not the same as the work of the Spirit that happened when we were born again. That work was in a recreation of our spirit unto God, and we were born again. That was a work of the Holy Spirit. But after that, the disciples were already born again before they went to the upper room. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't come on people and fill people that aren't born again. That's He can't do that. So the disciples were already born again when they went to the upper room. And the Holy Spirit came upon them in power and ability and efficiency and might. Okay, that's a whole separate experience. And unfortunately, many in the body of Christ have not experienced that. And so they don't have that extra dimension of power operating in their lives to be able to stand in the face of the opposition that comes to, comes against you when you're standing in faith for something as big as your whole family coming into the kingdom. Because you will get hit with everything. And so... Many of these people, you know, they, they say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. This sounds really good. And it works. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And so they, you know, without these foundational things in place in their life, they just go home and pray and start thanking God every day for the salvation of their family. But as time goes on, because they don't have this strength in their life, because of the doubts and the fears and the unbeliefs and what they see and what they hear and what they feel, it isn't very long and they, they just drop out. You know, they just can't take that constant battering of doubt and fear and unbelief. <coughs> so, you know, my mom didn't get to the place where she prayed that without the divine revelation of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God and praying in the Spirit, of course, which built her up on her most holy faith. Okay. Uh, the Bible says praying always in the Spirit. 
and making supplication to God. Jude 20, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. So that's that was the buildup of her spirit in, on the inside of her. And so these things are very, very important in this whole scenario because it's not a quick fix. You know, it's when you move into the realm of faith and and these big things, uh, you know, it's not like believing for a car or a house or, you know, uh, whatever. When you move into these areas where you're believing for people's lives and it's life and death, it's eternal. Okay, this is this is the big league now. And there's a price to pay. There is a price to pay to move in these realms and receive this kind of stuff from God. And the cost is it will cost you everything everything to move into these realms so you have to decide what is it that I really want what what do I really want in this life because that's what you're going to spend your time at and put your energy and your finances into my mom had no other desire in her whole life than that her family come into the kingdom of God she didn't want money. She didn't want a bigger house. She didn't want a bigger car. She didn't want a private jet. She didn't want a vacation home in the Bahamas. She wanted her family saved. That was it. And it cost her everything. So is it is it worth the price that must be paid to follow Jesus and receive by faith what you're believing God for. So that was that was where she was at and she was standing in faith. Well, about a year after my dad got saved, <clears throat> I had uh, flown up to Portland to make a drug run and I went by my brother's house and he had, for some reason, gone to a, a, a service with my parents, uh, which, you know, he would never do, but they invited him to something or other and, and he went. And uh, and somebody prophesied or was tongues and interpretation in the in the meeting, and it just kind of laid out his life bare before him. He said he just somebody got up and and prophesied, and it just it was his life, and he was so moved that when they gave the call for salvation, he said he just jumped up and went forward. He said there was no hesitation, no nothing. He said he, he knew that this was, this was it. This was his time. 
So he jumped up and went forward and got born again. And so when I went to his house, he told me about this, you know. <coughs> and I was like, oh my word, you got to be kidding me. My own brother? Now he's gone crazy too? Wow. I'm the only one left. I am the only one left. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I went back to San Diego and uh, my mom took my brother. They went to the Wednesday night meeting. They walked in and <coughs> my mom sat down, my dad sat down, and my brother sat down. That only left one empty reserve seat. And now the people were going, wow. Uh, this stuff really works, eh? And so now the people were uh, starting to get on board and uh, figure out that there's something going on here. You know, this is a real deal. And so... That was that was where it was at. So I went back to uh, California, San Diego, and uh, now my dad and my brother were saved, and I thought, man, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. But I, you know, it didn't affect me too much. I mean, I didn't, you know, have any misgivings about anything. I just kept doing the drug thing and. Uh, going to rock concerts every Friday night, Saturday night, whatever it was. And, and you know, life for me just went on as normal. And so I'm going to leave it there. And uh, next week we will uh, we'll start talking about uh, what happened after my brother got saved and And some of the stuff that happened in that next year. Because a lot of things began to change in my world. So thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate it. And uh, we will see you next week on another edition of Acts 29 Today. This is Larry. Have a good one. God bless. I'm out.